Hello all, this is Blonde-Haired Girl. I wanted to do this before I went to sleep tonight so that I can um, hopefully not <laughs> do anything in the middle of the night. Uh, anyway, it's going to be a long week for me. <laughs> but I wanted to do a bit of a redo on a podcast that I did really early this morning. I I was talking about something and I and I want to I want to just talk about it in a different way than I had attempted to do this morning. There are there are a number of people who are theorists and practitioners who avoid certain words so as not to have people conjure up images that they that they don't want them to conjure up about certain words. Like I I'm gonna give you an example. Like I noticed that a lot like some people that I really believe that they believe in a higher being or source or the divine or God, but they don't typically use the word God in particular. And the reason why they don't use the word God is because they do not want their the people who are listening to their content to formulate ideas in their their mind based on their preconceived or their notions about what God is based on like the church or based on their own beliefs or the Bible or whatever. And so there are, there are times where terms just sort of like kind of hit me funny. And, and at first I can't, I can't really, I can't really like tell why, you know, and sometimes it takes me a while to, to like think about it. And I was like, why am I having this like, why am I having this this issue with this particular word? And and so I started to notice this with the term or the word worthy. I started to notice that when I heard this this word, it 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 was bothering me. And I and I just like this gnawing feeling about it. And it's like, what is that? And to feel worthy implies that, to, for me, it has this implication that, that we have to do something in order to be worthy. Like, no, it's a it's a, it's a term that was used in the Catholic Church. I mean, we used to say it every Sunday before we received com- communion, where we would say, "I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word, and I shall be healed." So it was so basically, this was my the background that I had on this term worthy, and that I am not worthy to receive you. But only say the word and I shall be healed. And so it had come up in the last, you know, I don't know, six months into my 
into my awareness this term again. And I, it was just this gnawing on me. And I, I was like, why is this bothering me so much? And it was just like, I got to thinking that it had to do with that it, it has an implication that we do something. I'm saying this again, but in the, in the Christian religion and in Catholicism, so it's not just Christians who believe this, it's also Catholics. They all have the belief that we are not worthy, but that we are saved through the death and blood of Jesus. That he paid the price for our sins. And, and so, and so there's, there's been this, like, a lot of debate over the years between different theologians or Christian scholars about this whole notion, like, like either we are saved by this term and this concept called grace, and that there's absolutely nothing that we could do, that it is completely the love of God through the passing of Jesus, the sacrifice of his only son on the cross for our sins, or that we have to believe that in order to actually be saved, you have to do another step. You have to believe in the death of Jesus on the cross for the sins, for our sins. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and so, <laughs> so fast forward, I hear this term. I hear this term and it is used in the context of somebody desiring something but not feeling worthy of it. And so, and so the idea is that once we can overcome our feeling of unworthiness, then this thing will actually come into our physicality. And, and it was gnawing at me and bothering me because it really has nothing to do with the nature of the giver. It's, it's, it's basically the implication is that it's not graced upon us. That there's no, there's no, it's not that we have to be worthy. It's not that we have to, to do anything. It's that the giver loves to give. And like God as God's source creator of everything that is, the source of everything that is, God, the unfathomable, as, as the nature of God, and just giving by nature alone. And, and that we, things are just grace upon us because of the giver. And so, 
and that and, and, and you know and i'm and i'm grappling with this because it it seems like a lot of times we feel like there is something that we have to do or there's something that we have to stop doing or there's something that we have to start doing in order to have what it is that we desire and so and so i don't I don't necessarily think in these terms at this point in my, in my own, I don't know how to word it, I guess evolution, I don't know, in my own practice, my own philosophy is that it is the nature of God. It is like, you know, what Jesus said about the sun shining on all. The sun is shining on all. God's God's generosity is shining on all. And it's not necessarily based. It's like it's like you know, when the rain comes and it just rains and it's not selective about who it's raining on. Oh no, we're not going to rain on this part. Oh, the sun's not going to shine on this part. I mean, it just shines. And, and this is going to sound really, really bizarre, but I really believe that in some ways, the nature of God is in some ways very objective and subjective all at the same time. Intimately involve, involved with us, intimately knowing us but also being objective and that I do not believe that there are favorites. Because <laughs> you know, I hear Christians saying these things, that, you know, oh, we are favored by God. We have the favor of God. And if we, you know, Jesus said, if we who are, who are, who are evil, quote unquote, from the Bible, can see that, that having a favorite child is not a good thing. Then, then, then it doesn't seem right that God would have favorites. I mean, it really doesn't. I know we like these terms because they make us happy to be in the favored group. I'm on the right side. I'm on God's side. So it makes us feel better thinking that we are favored. We have a running joke with my children. My daughter especially was always was always claiming that I loved my first child most. You loved him most. She was always saying this. And I was always telling her over and over and over again, I do not favor any of my children. I don't. I love you all exactly the same. I really do. I love all three of my children. I am very, very fortunate. I don't have a favorite child. And if I did, I would, I would do everything in my power to keep it secret. Because I would not want the other ones to know. Because it would break them. I mean, what do you think it would feel like to not be the favored by God? We are in the favor of God, but those people over there are not. 
we're the ones who are who are keeping to the rules. We're the ones who are the real children of God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just like it just all sounds so preposterous to me, but I'm just sort of getting to and I'm I'm getting to very in this slow way because I feel like I I really needed to kind of clean up what I had said after listening to it kind of clean up what I had said about there is another word that has really been gnawing at me and that is gratitude. The term gratitude has been gnawing at me. And and I will tell you why. It 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 just gnaws at me because it feels like there are people who have taken it and use it as an instrument to measure somebody's level of spirituality. And and to look at people's lives and and I I don't know like and even our own, because I suggest us not judging ourselves either. But like, so to look at myself, I'm going to give you examples from myself that, that it has been said to be in more than one, and I'm not, I'm not even talking about one um, theorist on this topic of gratitude. There are many who are speaking about it in being an element in success in all different areas of our life. I mean, even in business. There are a lot of people who are using this term and there, there is now all these, these journals that have been put out about gratitude, gratitude journals. And... And so it has been, it is, it is just out there. And, and, and I think that before the term got as popular as it is today, it had been used in the past and by people like, like, I'm going to give you an example. Like one of my workmates had once said, you know, I'm just grateful to have a job. And she could have not been meaning anything toward me at all. And I really didn't, I really didn't. At the time, what I really felt like was that it was a tool by employers to keep people feeling this sense of gratitude that they just had a job, that they would not ask for more. I mean, what else do you want? I've given you a job. You get a paycheck. You work for me, you get a paycheck. Stop complaining. Like whether I'm complaining or not, but it just felt like this tool to just sort of keep people down. You should just be be grateful. You should be grateful that you have a roof over your head. You should be grateful that you have clothes to wear. You should, you should be grateful that you have food to eat. There are people starving in Africa. It's like this massive case of the you should bees. 
And, and, and then myself in judging. And so in my practice, part of my practice is of trying to figure out how to turn ideas into things that come into my actual physicality. And so, and so I'm, I'm practicing with this thing. I'm practicing um, thinking about something, imagining it, and feeling grateful about it. Having this sense of gratitude, because I've been told by these people that it is, it is a, a tool for us to have things come into our physicality is feeling the gratitude for having the thing before it actually comes into our physicality. And so here's where my bugaboo is. Is that I know, I know that I have felt enormous amounts of gratitude. And that thing has still not yet come into my physicality. And so it makes me question whether I have the proper amount of gratitude. It makes me wonder if this is a a place where I am like failing in my practice because I'm not having enough gratitude. And if I could just gratitude myself there. And this is this is also going back to that there is a requirement by God that we ha- have the proper amount of gratitude. And I'm not saying that the theorists are saying this, but it's like there's just this like little implication in this somewhere, at least in my mind, you know, where I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so it's sort of like bargaining, bargaining with God. So it's like, you know, it's like, hey, God, I'm noticing that this thing, you know, that I've asked for, you know, three and a half years ago, and it still has not come into my physicality. And, 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 you know, and that, and that I'm not having the proper, and so God is withholding it from me because I have not yet felt the proper amount of gratitude. And I just, it's just, it's just sort of a bugaboo for me. And, 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 and I'm, and I'm, and it's not that I don't feel grateful because I do, you know, but, but like having to, to prove this, like feeling like I, like I, have to like continuously be in this state of gratitude and that there's something intrinsically wrong if I'm not feeling gratitude and having to like conjure up a sense of gratitude in different moments. But I have to tell you when it's real, it's real. Like when I'm sitting in meditation, 
for me, for me, a lot of times the the sweetness of meditation for me is just being taking the time to be in the presence of that. To sit in the awareness of that. Of the unfathomable, fathomable, <laughs> I love that word, unfathomable, that which cannot really be con- conceptualized, right? It's just like so big and so loving and so giving and so generous and so powerful and so wonderful, so warm and so nurturing, That, that I am often moved by just being in the presence, taking the time to sit and be quiet and just be with it and just sort of bask in the peace and stillness of it. And this may be confused because there are times when I have like a visualization or I have some synchronicity happening happen and I'm so moved to tears. Not of sadness, but of but of gratitude. I'm like moved to tears of gratitude. That that would allow me to sit and be in its presence, to sit and be quiet and be in its presence, that it shines the light on me, that it has given me life, that I get to live this life in this body, in this time, this space, this reality, with the people that I get to be in this time, this space, and this reality with. I've got a really nice thing going here. And I am incredibly appreciative just to sit and be, to live this life, to get to eat all of the most amazing foods. I get to sit here in this like flickering light. I get to I get to enjoy a roof over my head. I get to enjoy a car to drive. I have friends, I have children, I have family. I have workmates, I have people I go to visit that I, I love very much. And I get to experience the joy of being here right here and right now. And so, and so this feeling of, of, of gratitude sort of comes, comes, wells up in me as a result. As a result, it's sort of a result of being still and aware rather than me coming at it from an idea of supposed to's. 
I use this example a lot just because I think it's pertinent. It's kind of silly, but my son throughout his life had had texted me, just would randomly text me and say, Mom, can you go to the grocery store and buy me some Ben and Jerry's fish food ice cream? Okay, so what am I going to do? Am I going to, is he worthy? Am I going to ask him, you know, are you worthy of this Ben and Jerry's ice cream? I mean, what am I going to do? And, you know, my son has grown accustomed to the fact that I am going to buy him the Ben and Jerry's fish food ice cream. He knows it's coming. He knows his mom is not coming out with coming home without that ice cream. I will find a way. And so it's sort of like this really weird balance, you know, that's coming to me right at this moment of his belief. He has a practice belief that he knows his mom is going to fulfill his request. And then also that I just love to give. I love to buy him Ben and Jerry's fish food ice cream because I love him. And I want his wishes to come true. So it sort of is this weird combination of us trusting in that. You know, which is something that I've really been talking about recently. It's like, do we really trust? I mean, I know we talk about this all the time. But a lot of times we just trust until we really have to trust. Until we have something happen where we are completely out of control. We got no say over this. Get fired from a job. Get husband tells us, don't want to be married to you anymore. (laughs) You lose your job. You, You... have some kind of diagnosis. Has something happened and you have no control over it. And then you have to say, okay, I got nothing else to do, but I got to trust. I don't know how this is going to work out. I just know that it is. And here's the thing. Every, 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 every single time it has always worked out. Always. It always had a way of working out. I could go on, I could go on just for three hours, just right now in this podcast, just talking about all the ways that I have seen in my own life, especially the last three years, how things have just worked out. It's just crazy in the most wild ways. And then we have to really trust. We spend so much time worrying. I mean, an exorbitant amount. <clears throat> I guess I'm I'm going to use something as an example that I because I just I just feel like I I want to throw this in here for a second. But I had something happen today. I got a phone call from from my supervisor. There was a formal complaint about something that I did not do. She she received a formal complaint about me from somebody. 
And, and I got to talking to my supervisor about it. And there was a couple things. Like the first thing, I felt really betrayed by the person who filed the formal complaint, even though I don't know all the details about it. I don't know. I don't really know why. But also, um, I really have a completely, the only thing that I really did not do well in this situation was document. It's, it really is a problem of mine. I need to do better at this. I, I totally, it is true that I do not document things like I should. I am basically pretty overwhelmed in the position that I'm in. And there is a lot of documentation every single week. And I, and I, this is a place where I'm not doing as well as other places. So I did not document properly, but I could tell all the reasons for why I had not technically done what I, they were saying that I did not do. But it was a situation that was upsetting enough that in the past, it would have really upset me. But this time I decided, nope, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to let this bother me. I'm just going to trust. I just know it's going to work out. I just know it is. It's not going to change my, my, my feelings about this person. I really like this person. And I, it's not going to change my feelings about her. Not going to start treating her differently. It's like, it's like whatever. I really, it, it really, I really, in some ways, I just don't care. And this is a huge change for me. I mean, huge. I don't think I've ever like had a, like a situation that would have been of this magnitude that would have like not bothered me. Like this is not bothering me. But it is, it is a choice. It has been a choice. And I have been practicing this for a while. Where I'm so aware that my brain really, 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 really wants to go down that rabbit hole. Like, I don't know if you've noticed for yourself, but I noticed this for myself. Where I, I have something happen. And it's like my brain really, really, really wants to entertain that. It wants to go down that rabbit hole and just squeeze it for all it's worth. It just wants to grab that, whatever it is. It's like a negative, like a seemingly negative thing. And it is a practice to say, no, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. I'm not doing that. I'm going to do something else. And I'm just going to trust. I'm going to know that's going to work out. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. And I'm not taking responsibility for something that's really not my responsibility. And so, and I got to tell you, it is really, really such a nice place for me to be. I mean, I know that that there is always room for improvement for us. 
We can always be better. We can always be stronger. We can always evolve. But sometimes I think that it's important to sit and just really celebrate our victories. To have a moment where we made a different choice. And we're continuing to make different choices. And every single day, just choosing joy. Choosing joy. Choosing joy. I'm going to choose joy today. I'm going to choose joy. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. I'm going to choose to go down the rabbit hole I want to go down, which is a rabbit hole of joy and discovery and curiosity. Now, I want to look at these things, possibility, So I'm not entirely sure where I got to this from my original topic. <laughs> I was like, how did I get down this, this road? I think basically what I'm talking about is a bit about intention. Intentionality. What is someone's intention when they are... When they are giving us a concept. And I feel like generally, um, I feel like there is a, 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 it is a positive that they're asking us to be grateful because there, it is an aspect of this idea that we, that we, that it is on its way, whatever it is that we desire is, is on its way. It's like, it's like <laughs> I I ordered my my special boots and they're sending me these emails and it is on the way. They are on their way. So I put in my order and it's on the way. <laughs> and being excited, that sense of excitement. That sense of excitement and like you can kind of like you can kind of feel it, right? You can feel that excitement. I can feel the excitement before my boots actually arrive at my house. I can like, I'm, I'm like starting to pick out the outfits I'm going to wear it with. I know what I'm going to feel like when I'm walking with those boots because they're spectacular. <laughs> and, and, and so that is what they are striving for us to, to, to be in that state, this state of excitement. And you know what it's like when you get this gift, you know, this, this thing and, you, and you're just like, oh my God, I'm just so happy to have that. Thank you so much. I mean, we can sit and we can imagine Christmas morning In that feeling, that feeling of just basically being loved. That somebody loved us enough to make that little dream come true, whatever it is that we were desiring. 
<laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'm not sure if this podcast is any better than the one I did yesterday. Oh, man, or the early this morning. I'm trying. Anyway, I certainly do appreciate y'all listening. And, of course, I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.